During the first century BC, construction was started on what would be a temple dedicated to the Roman god, Jupiter. This religious edifice was situated within the scenic Bekaa Valley in the city that was known then as Heliopolis. The complex would see its completion around 60 AD and would be the largest temple ever to be constructed by the Romans dedicated to a deity. Every part of the structure was built to massive proportions and of a scale truly befitting that of the gods. Surrounded by towering columns that stood 62 feet tall, the Temple of Jupiter was part of a triumvirate with two other colossal temples which were dedicated to his wife Astarte and their son Mercury. While the columns and temples are most certainly Roman, there are still secrets that lay buried beneath these ancient wonders. Within the foundation of the Temple of Jupiter are three Cyclopean stones which puzzle archaeologists to this very day. All written records of the construction of the temples are lost to time, and these huge stones defy all explanations on how they were moved from the suspected quarry 800 meters away. This case file joined the theorists as they mull over monumental temple erections at the ancient city known as Baalbek. In case file 215, bulbic megalithic structure. I'm Braden. I'm Sal. I'm Dan. And I'm Andrew. Getting wasted again with the theorists. Um, what are you, where are you? I'm in, vaca- I'm in vacation ba- mode, baby. I'm on the sunny beaches of Mexico. When uh, When's departure <laughs> date? Uh, next week. Is it starting one week early? Mm-hmm. Is that a water, that bo- am. water bottle I'm full of whiskey? I'm projecting myself there. <laughs> Getting in the zone? <laughs> yeah, this this is not whiskey. It's a Miami Vice because that's all I'm going to be drinking. <laughs> Fair. It's good. Um, Crocodile tubs approved. How, how megalithically uh, hard did this one make you? Oh, buddy. Rock hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hard as limestone, eh? We haven't talked about a megalithic structure in a while. True, this, it has been a this bit. It's it been a while. The points for Zell, you, you know. I heard a lot of Young Gadrias, you know, <laughs> a lot of Hancock, a lot of pre-flood civilization, massive megaliths. All the goodies are in here. The theories run wild. That's, um, that's all you're looking for. It, it's it's the surprising thing for me looking into this one was that I've never really heard about it until now. I mean, I've heard Andrew go on and on about it. Uh, Baalbek this, Baalbek that. Um, but I, I've never actually looked into it. And it's crazy because some of the stones in the structure are like the largest stones in, they in are, the world. They are. They are just, yeah, they are definitively. Right? Like fuck the pyramids. Oh, the, the pyram- Baalbek. pyramids got nothing on Baalbek. Nothing. I mean, they have they have number over size, but well, yeah. Well, they have complexity, and yes, that's not every, what it matters. They have okay. everything else, but Baalbek's got <laughs> the biggest, or some of the biggest that we know of. Yeah. So, so unearthed, biggest unearthed so far. Anyways, well, I mean, not 
the biggest, but some of the biggest. We're gonna get we're gonna they're the biggest for now, and then we might get to a couple bigger ones later. But uh, it's, it's pretty it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it is a it is a fantastic structure that's located in Lebanon, uh, an altitude of about eleven hundred meters above sea level in the Becca Valley, uh, which is also known by the Roman name as Heliopolis. I'm pretty sure that's uh, Andrew's hometown. What's up? Is that your hometown? Well, it's it's where like Baldbeck Baldbeck is about sixty miles away from my uh, my ancestors' village, where my Judo and Teto were born. That's cool. So yeah, they it's they're pretty like that's, I called one of my aunties to talk to her about this because like we have got pictures of that. My my um, mom sat on the fucking Hajar al Khibla, and apparently like you're supposed to touch it, and it's what bucket it, it's supposed to make you more fertile. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe Baalbek is the reason why I'm here. You never know. The essence of well be. the Baalbek could be. megaliths yeah. flows through <laughs> yeah. your body. I, I mean, I must. I like it. Makes sense. Actually, it doesn't. Things don't correlate. <laughs> Biggest megalithic structure. I got nothing megalithic about me, boys. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's quite miniature here. Yeah. But let's be honest. Average lithic. At best. At the best structure, average. most of the structures that are left there now are of, uh, or seem to be in the Roman fashion in most of the constructions. Um, but the actual place, uh, the location has been in use by humans since the Bronze Age. So at least 9,000 years of what archaeologists uh, estimate. Uh, the the location of the town is, is uh, on a, um, what they call a tell. Which is like a, 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 an artificially created kind of mound, mound. which is just kind of, uh, it's like a byproduct of human uh, habitation. So it's just like the build up, the gradual build up of, you know, Waste. structures and building on top of things. The built on um, top of a dump. That's what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Essentially. Yeah. <laughs> Landfill. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, technically most, most ancient towns that have been, uh, ha- you know, uh, inhabited since antiquity are all built on top of anything. It's like if anybody's been to Rome, like Rome is just built on top of <laughs> everything. It, it's like <laughs> meters and meters of cities are underneath the actual city itself, like the modern yeah. day city. Well, it's it's almost uh, it's I know easier, that and it wasn't built in a day. Yeah, this is true. It's, <laughs> it's easier just to backfill the old building or like rubble than try and like remove like break it down and remove it. So they just keep going up. Yeah, fucking right. So we're smarter, not harder, man. Yeah, hundred percent. Fucking right. Uh, so the actual location of the Baalbek, uh, like the temple complex that we're going to talk about, was actually discovered by German archaeologists in 1898. So fairly recently. Um, so Baalbek is actually an ancient Phoenician city, is what it's uh, mostly known as, and it was named after the what their their sky god, which they named Baal, and probably people have heard that name before. And there are some um, like anthropologists and uh, archaeologists that would argue that Baal may have been the prototype for um, uh, Zeus and Jupiter, like uh, mostly oh, yeah. those sky father uh, right. storm gods, because that was his main uh, domain. I was really disappointed when I looked into it and Baal was not the Lord of Destruction. Right? No. That's yeah. what I was thinking too. I was like, I was like, oh, what kind of temple is this? I was like, is this whole Diablo franchise built upon Baalbek? A lie? <laughs> it's all a uh, lie. No, their, uh, their ball was a, a sky god and fertility god is, is I think, they were his, uh, his main concerns as a deity, I believe. So um, 
in the first millennium BC, it's estimated that there was actually, and it is what they've dated, an enclosed court that was built there and dedicated to the god Baal. And then Heliopolis, the, the Roman structures and the further structures were built on top of this massive platform that was most likely constructed in pre-Roman times for that initial temple of uh, or, or city of Baal. So but that's where Baalbek gets its name. It's it's essentially like translates to city of Baal. Like that's their, like after and the I think God. that was kind of the main practice for a lot of cities was kind of to name a town after a deity or or a, a deity or a king is, is what they would do back then. Right. So, which leads you to believe like, obviously this area was like the major hub of like, so I mean, like it was the entire area worship Baal, right? Like the Canaanites, as a whole, it wasn't just a Phoenician god. It was a Canaanite god as well, which means it was like prehistoric, you know, Syria, Iran, fucking all those areas. Right. And then so this hey. was like the main hub, the city of God, basically. Yeah. What give that away? Because I don't think they're they're carving up fifth and dragging fifteen hundred pound stones in the fucking boonies. Right? I think <laughs> there's something every- there's something going on here, right? <laughs> this yeah, is it's, it's weird too. Like you never really hear like you always hear about like the other like massive sites around the world. You hear about the pyramids and Machu Picchu and all these other ones. But Baalbek, for whatever reason, they don't like, want you to know. Our little Lebanon friend does not, not get the love to, that they need. They don't want yeah. you to know. One of the biggest uh one of the biggest interests or you know uh things about the site is that there is very little to know history about the construction that went on there and that is visible to us that has been excavated. There are no written records. Uh, mm-hmm. Nobody knows who commissioned it to mm-hmm. be built. Nobody nope. knows who uh, who built it there in the first place. There's no records, no written records, no nothing. Like it, it seems that Baalbek, for all intents and purposes, when you look at it, just kind of sprung up at some point. It was and awful. then it's just there. It was kind of like, uh, a, it's kind of like a Gobekli Tepe. It's just like, it just came seemingly out of nowhere. And this area, the area has got to be at least, like they say, like they found evidence at least 9,000 years old. And and there's no, the the first time it shows up, I think in written uh, as far back as is probably when they said the Greek presence uh, made itself in in Syria, which is probably around the 7th century BC. And there was mention of the actual area itself, but no mention of an actual temple of of this size or the, the, what we're going to, the most interesting part of the temple complex is what is known as the trilophon. Uh, now, a trilophon isn't actually like an architectural term in itself, but this these three stones, which are placed at this uh, at this temple site, are so monumentally large that that's just the name that they've earned. They're not an actual trilophon. A trilophon is something you can think of as like a Stonehenge, where you have two large blocks and then topped with a third large block. Uh, these ones are laid down uh, pretty much like right next to each other across um, like another uh, like uh, material underneath it. And then, so you have these massive stone blocks. I think that, that's a thing. Like, here's something you guys need to realize too, though, right? Like sales wondering, like, we've never heard of this. We don't understand these. And, and Dan's explaining like, these are so huge. They're so massive and heavy. These stones, it doesn't make sense. The whole world should know about this. And it's like here in Lebanon, we're like, these stones, the fuck, they're not even heavy, dude. This is nothing. They're nothing. <laughs> my fucking, my teta, my grandma's picking this shit up on her back. No problem. This is normal. Hap- <laughs> this is kind of, this is just everyday occurrences in Lebanon. 
We're born curling. We're born curling megalith, megalithic structures here. That's what I'm trying to tell you. All right. The it's not if fit. you don't if you haven't seen it if you if if you've listened like if you're listening right now and you're like I've never heard of Baalbek, just pause this really quick and just go Google these stones because you can get pictures of people beside them and stuff for scale. It is unbelievable how big they are. It's un, un, unfathomable. I have some pictures here, but for some reason, like, just give me a second. They're not coming up. So, there, yeah, there's, so there's three stones stacked next to each other. Um, and the largest of them weighs about 1,500 tons. And then they measure, that one measures about 68 by 14 by 14 feet. These things are massive. They are actually the largest building blocks that have existed in the entire world, like singular, like building blocks that are part of a structure, and they're just there. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's absolutely right. fun. Like I took a, I, I recently got a, a VR helmet, and I was telling Braden earlier, I took a VR tour. Like a guy had like the little three sixty camera on a, That's on so a, awesome. That's so uh, awesome. on a cool. stick, and like I was looking around at these things, and it is really telling about just the, not just those stones itself, but the entire. Co- like temple itself, which is the the most one. These these three stones are part no a part of what is known as the Temple of Jupiter. Like these, the entire structure is just gigantic, and I think the, the word cyclopean comes into play a whole bunch. Right. That's a, a pretty appropriate word to use to describe these things because it's like only these stones can be put up by giants because they are just built to such gigantic proportions that you're like no normal human would like. Build this. Like, why? Right. <laughs> just labs, man. Yeah. So, so the whole temple complex. So, like, yeah, they call it uh, Heliopolis or Heliopolis, like a Roman term, mm-hmm. is built. So, huge temple. Like, I think the Temple of Jupiter or, it doesn't, like, this, that's what it is, right? Temple of Jupiter, Heliopolis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It only has like a few standing pillars, like Roman pillars left. Right. But underneath of it, so the whole foundation of this place is like built with like, 60 to 80 ton stones. And then on top of them, there's like 200 to 400 ton stones. But then you get to this one spot with the three stones that are 800 tons a piece. And they're seemingly up 20 feet in the air. They actually, if you zoom in, I found like some great pictures that I can't pull up here because they were like copyrighted, but they have like beveled, mere beveled edges. Like, so not only were the stones... 800 tons, like the size of like 10 modern day houses with a foundation. They also were like perfectly beveled. So like they mirrored each other when they put, put them together. So not only whoever built it, who like whoever the engineers were, they didn't, it wasn't just about the size of the stones for like foundation. It was like also like an art piece, like the way they stuck them together. So we got one picture, just an old school picture when they first found it, or the like at least one of the first photographs. So if you're watching the live stream, it's there's guys standing. And there's a, there's a little person in the in the bottom left hand side there. If you're watching the live stream, uh, to see how big these stones are, they're absolutely massive. <laughs> it's crazy. Nothing else in the like. There's a lot of giant megaliths in you know, you know in Peru and other places, but nothing. Not, nothing. Size. They're not, not even close. Not like, even, not even close. close. And it's like, and like Zell's saying, like it when those things were probably originally put together, you probably couldn't even slide a piece of paper in between them, like they were so they're so close together. It's just like even now you can still see like they have, there's like if you go digging around, there's zoomed in pictures of the joints, and you can just see the detail, and that's thousands of years later. 
So like, yeah, I could imagine when they're freshly cut and polished and stuck together, like it's amazing. So now not only do you have these three stones, which are located on the the Temple of Jupiter that made it to the construction, but there is actually another one. And that's the one that uh, Andrew mentioned earlier. Um, There's another stone that's about 800 meters from the tell. And probably uh, a lot of archaeologists will say like this was a probably was meant to go to this temple for some reason. Um, But that one had never gotten taken out of the ground. And this one is known as the stone of pregnant women. And there's nobody really knows why it's named that. uh, Where that name came from. I was talking to my auntie and apparently like from what she heard when she was growing up as a kid is basically there was a pregnant woman that convinced the townsfolk that, you know, if they fed her and sheltered her, you know, until she had her baby, she'd use her magic and move the stone for them. And then when she gave birth to her, when she gave birth to the baby, they fled without moving the stone. And then henceforth, it's been like just used as, you know, you touch it, sit on it, it'll make you more fertile. Right. Um, and yeah, there's, yeah, like there's other the things too. Like they think that maybe it, this woman was a Nephilim as well, but they don't know <laughs> we'll, for sure. We'll get into that. I would, I would, it's, if it were a, uh, you know, if it were just because it's associated with the Temple of Jupiter, like fertility would make sense because I think Baal was also a fertility god as well. And plus, like Jupiter, who is also the analog for Zeus, it's like, yeah, dude was fucking knocking up chicks left and right. So, I mean, Zeus fucks. <laughs> Zeus fucks. Yeah, that's pretty much all of Greek mythology is Zeus fucks. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Guy populated the entire pantheon himself, essentially. Yeah. So, I mean, come on. Uh, so, um, it, but so... That one was re- that was probably one of the ones that was found uh, earlier. But recently, they even found ones below that one. For so they were they have known about that one for a while. But in the 1990s, they found another like 1,200 ton stone uh, in the same quarry uh, underneath that one. And then they found another one later, just in 2014, a 1,600 ton stone so, carved in the similar fashion. So we said that like those the trilithon or trilithon stones are 800 tons roughly. They find another one 400 tons more, and then another one 400 tons more, double the stone that's built into the foundation. And at least yeah. I think the most of them add. I think the other two that are lower, the recently more recently just got it. Like they, they they said that those ones are actually kind of still attached to the ground, Not like f- they had been carved finished. out, and for some reason the uh, the architects had decided like we're not going to use these, or something happened and they didn't finish taking these out of the ground, but they're there, and there might be more, but we're not sure at this point because uh, I think there's a lot, a lot of archaeological digs have been put on hold because of uh, unrest in the region and and certain political climates. So right. <laughs> he, I, I found this one picture. I. Is this the Andrew? Do you know if this is the stone of the of the pregnant woman? It's the yeah, that's the that one. one. That's yeah. it. Yeah, that's the Hajar el Hibla. So it's a stone that's like two thirds out of the that's been like excavated. It is. It's the size of like looks like a fucking train. Looks like a like a piece. It of looks a train. like it looks like a tower laying on its side. It's yeah, fucking crazy. Right? Look like a giant semi trailer of stone solid stone just sitting there and they've excavated two more beneath it so it make, like makes you wonder like is there more <laughs> like in another 50 years oh. are they going to start doing like more ground radar and find like they find like say they find like a thousand of these spread over the area 
Well, and like the, the sad part about this too is you cannot find a more broke government than the Lebanese government. Like there is no money being spent to search for anything else, to uncover anything. Like the government currently right now is like charging, they're, they're charging the citizens for WhatsApp. What? <laughs> no, what? I'm not, zero mm-hmm. exaggeration. Like they, they're just, it's it's so awful there. It's so sad. But it's it's well, just you know what I got the such the disarray. solution is you market the site of Balbek <laughs> as a tourism destination and you start bringing in millions of dollars here. Yeah, it's nobody wants to go there right now. That's not safe. You're gonna get kidnapped. You're gonna get murdered. Yeah. You're gonna yeah. get caught in the middle of a fucking fo- like. I'll go. Let's do it. Pod trip, <laughs> I, dude. I'm willing to do it, but I mean, we're gonna have to buy. All the suntan lotion for you, like all of it. <laughs> yeah, all the we SPF. gotta get him a spray tan before we go. Hey, dude, I've yeah. been I've been to some of the worst UV places in the world. Don't you worry. You haven't burned? Oh, I did burn, but I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the point. <laughs> I've been there and matter. I survived and I came back. So <laughs> I can get to my skin like a snake. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Oh man, I'd love. Hey, there's our pod trip. Let's go to. I more. wear. I'll just wear a really big hat. No problem. Really big. No problem. Get you like one of those with Marlon Brando hats from fucking uh, <laughs> big, fucking big straight rim. Yeah, it'd be awesome. It is a fantastic site, and like uh, like Andrew is saying, like the political climate there, it is a shame. Um, it is a crying shame that that that's what it is right now. That this this site, which is just recently didn't been discovered and excavated in parts uh you know in the like mid 2000s here and we're still finding new things that this and there's still a bunch of mystery about who built it um so to get into some of the origins about the, the these parts so so we mentioned before that the the temple of jupiter is built on top of these stones so a lot of archaeologists and and a lot of other uh people who have studied the site say that that the, the trilithon, those stones are part of a complex or part of a structure that was there before the Romans built it. Because when it was named Heliopolis, like that, it became kind of like a vacation town for Romans at a point. Um, when Pompeii, tall, when, it was Ptolemy. I thought it was uh, Pompeii. Well, Pompeii, Pompeii took it. Pompeii originally conquered that area and, yeah. and then kind of like took over after, you know, kicked out the the original kind of government, Fuckers. which had fallen into disarray after I think Alexander had taken it after the Hellenistic period. And, and then after Caesar the, chases ass to Egypt. And then, like and then, yeah. And so then after it, after, uh, you know, Julius Caesar seized power, you had, um, it kind of became, he actually settled there at some point for a couple of years. I think for 20 or 30 years, he actually named a city in that area after his uh, daughter, Julia, and um, was kind of known to to be in that area. So some, some people say that perhaps like this might've been why um, they chose this spot to build a lot of these, these huge structures um, because it was not that well known a city. And a lot of people kind of question the fact, why would you build these men? Cause not only is there a temple of Jupiter, there's also the temple of Dionysus there or Bacchus. And then there's the temple of Venus as well, or so, a yeah. star, it's a Astarte. Whole, it's a whole complex. Um, yeah. There's, there's a couple of other temples there, which are fantastic. It's also like the jewel of the middle East mm-hmm. like by far. It's the most beautiful fucking country in the middle east like not being biased it is no like from what from my what i read like lebanon uh, has like giant cedar trees and lush forests where a lot of the other area around is mainly desert rocky like like not fertile 
like ground for farming and that area, especially like like just off the Mediterranean, like that was like that was oh, one back of in the kind. day for sure. Because I mean, Lebanon, uh, you know, on the flag, it's got the cedar tree, right? Cedar tree. It's, it's the oh, national that's, tree. They talk, they talk about it in the Bible. Like right. it was the Phoenicians were fucking way ahead of their time, man. They were, and they, they used, but they did use a lot of that. I, I'm just saying for like the, back then, it probably was even more. Uh, rich in natural resources because they had these entire forests and it's talked uh, yeah it is it's mentioned in antiquity and writings about these wonderful forests of cedar that's what it was known for and then eventually yes they got cut down to to make ships and make buildings and you know as as settlements kind of popped up everywhere growing up growing up i have like most lebanese kids they have a necklace with a cedar of lebanon on it like it's just you know it's tradition yeah right all the kids get them and then going to school, you know, all the kids would be like, why do you have a Christmas tree around your neck? Like, why do you really like Christmas? Like, why? Like, what? And you're just like, motherfucker. It's getting made, my lunch stinks too. I was getting made fun of my stinky lunches and shit. I went down a rabbit hole of just like, I was just reading something about like back in the day, them selling the the cedar trees was a gold mine because no, yeah, no one had them. They would travel around you because that was like the main resource of the area. And it, like, well, and it was the main trading think, port too. It was, yeah. yeah, it was one of the major trading. I think also they were known for what is it? Tear like a type of purple dye. Purple um, dye was also you've been playing Age Empires, well, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, I know. mean, this also in the history books. <laughs> did you know that they were the first ones to circumnavigate Africa? You did. Oh, tell I me mean, that if before. we're talking about the Phoenicians, so um, huh? on the point of Phoenicians, yes, the Phoenicians are thought to have are, are likely suspects uh, in the case of who built. Baalbek or the original structure beneath it, who placed the trilophon. I think the Phoenicians are at the top of the list. And um, if Not you don't know about the Phoenicians, list. they're... Um, who else is strong enough to do it? Come on. <laughs> um, the Phoenicians were, yes, world-renowned uh, sailors and traders. Um, they were uh, what is known as a, I think it's a Vassilogarchic society where they had, they really didn't have a, a whole country. And there's a lot of evidence to support that they never really identified themselves as a singular culture. But they are places that, you know, a lot of the Ma, ancient cities, ancient Western cities, like, owe their... Um, you know, their, their infrastructure and a lot of their trade routes and, and trade and ideas and things like this to the Phoenicians who uh, established a, a civilization based mostly on maritime trade. So places like they, they, they're credited with the beginnings of Carthage, uh, one of the, the hugest cities and, and biggest rivals to Rome in ancient times. Um, uh, it's places like Baalbek, um, what's the other cities like Carthage and... I remember the other Carthage is the biggest one. I can't remember the other ones off the, the top of my head, but um, you can really, it, it, it's, they are likely suspects. But the thing is, one of the things that people kind of question is that they're not really known for their masonry, their, their architecture, uh, I think, um, which is mostly resembles It's tough to Etruscan. say that though, Dan, like, cause like you say, they were like, it's, that area has always been a gigantic melting pot of culture. Mm. Sure. Right. Like it's one of the main hubs for fucking trading. And then, you, like you look at Lebanon, that, that's even like it's still consistent to this day, right? Like Lebanon's really hung its hat on not like they get a lot of flack because they don't consider themselves Arabs, mm-hmm. right? They're Lebanese, and like that has a lot to do with what happened in the Civil War. But also, like you look at the people, like I have cousins who are fucking pale as zell with red hair and blue eyes, <laughs> and they're they're Lebanese as fuck. They're born and raised, right? Like it's right. 
It, well, I mean, it's, it's, it could be it could be a product of like you know it was settled by Romans and um, you know those that civilization Romans, at Celtics, that point. everything, yeah. Every, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. everybody. I think they had like at one point like there was the Gallic there was a Gallic legion that was that was posted there. So you had Gauls coming through there, like people from in the Gallic regions of Europe, uh, uh, which is like Spain or not Spain. Sorry, it's like France. Um, and those those types like blonde hair, blue eyes, like that kind of uh, those kinds of uh, features that would be uh, you know present in those people. So you had like again, it's it's a melting it's a melting mm-hmm. pot of civilizations and things like this, and trade and ideas and culture and um, being that uh, port city too, a, a port like a port country, coastal country under that many different like. Like I guess, like I don't ownership. Like well, yeah, that many people yeah, that, had ownership that of the region land. Region has just traded hands so many times, yeah. and we already we already mentioned the Phoenicians, and then you had um, the Alexanders, Macedonians, Greeks come through. You had the hey, Romans the moops. come through. The moops, uh, the moops, <laughs> the moops. <laughs> um, you had the. Uh, after like Romans, then you had not just like the, the, the original Romans, then you had like the Christian Romans and then you had the, uh, and then you had the uh, Arabs come through and take over. And then it went back to, I think that the French, and like the French had the, it at some at, point. At the, like, the Sykes Peacock agreement after right. world war one, the French got Lebanon. Yeah. And the French got, and that's, it's still the, it's it. still the, pr- the primary language in Lebanon is French. Yeah. And it's not like mm-hmm. the, in this time of history, like these other cultures would come in and shake. It was a, you know, a lot of time it was a, a conquest, not a handshake deal. So, like, this is, <laughs> this area was like rife with like conquests, like all through yeah. history. So, I mean, like the, the 1898 archaeological expedition, I think like that was a product of like the, the kind of the, uh, the friendship between the Ottoman Empire and, um, uh, like uh, the Ottoman Empire and like Germany, like uh, when they came in there and like they, they had their German archaeologists come through there. And then they were, I think they were really trying to get on the, the to sell the point. There's, there's uh, historians that would argue that it was kind of uh, a, a, the Ottoman Empire was trying to kind of position itself as like the rightful, um, the, the rightful heir to the Roman legacy is what it was. So that's what they kind of like pushed for these archaeo- these archaeological expeditions in that area. So it's, it's one of those kind of things. But I, I mean, you're still, it's still amazing that, that, that this is what came out of it. And you have this amazing structure that even though it's been some parts of it have been picked apart, like we said, there, there are, um, uh, like the temple of Jupiter only has like a couple of these gigantic columns left. I originally had like 64 or something. And now there's only like four left standing with a huge block of stone on top of it. It's still, it's still massively impressive. So we have, we have this ancient site. It seems, mm-hmm. it seems to have, I mean, it's no, it's no question that Romans were master masons. Like they're giant, there's giant stone columns and, they were they were mass they had like they had actual cranes they had the, mm-hmm. they had the Roman crane it could hold like five about five tons per crane you could and depending on the stone you could wiggle a few together and you can pick up 15 20 if you link yeah. them all together you could leverage use a crane you could three four five cranes you could lift some pretty big stones right with, they were master engineers they're master yes. engineers the probably our be- the best known ancient engineers too because there's still a lot of surviving history from them. Mm-hmm. But nowhere else in the Roman Empire with their 800 ton 
stones. Yes. So yes, I mean the theory, is, and it's not written down. And no like, one, that, yeah, that's no what a lot of people like, when they when they center in on it, Balbeck, they always say that because it, it's true. There is no written record of this. The the Romans who were you know really into bureaucracy, really like the, to write things down and keep records. Nothing. Well, it was, uh, it, was in the, it was in the Library of Alexandria, right next to the world's largest porn collection. <laughs> right. Right? <laughs> yes. And Everybody just gets distracted the and goes right to the porn. Nobody reads it. It, right. it is very interesting, that, that one point, because a, a lot of people, like a lot, I kind of went two ways with it. I went down a rabbit hole of... Um, you know, people really trying to make a case that this was, in fact, uh, it's a Roman structure. The Romans built the entire thing uh, from ground up. And one of the things they um, naysayers point to that is the fact that they didn't write it down. But one of the things that I thought was fascinating that um, they point to being, you know, a Roman structure is that there's the Roman drums. Like, so the giant Roman drum stones, they're circular. They're used to repair buildings a lot of times and you can see them at the top of the some of the structure of, of Baalbek where they've been put in and they kind of jut out well there's one Roman drum underneath one of these uh the what's it the tr I always want to say trillium trilithon or trilithon, trilithon. stones uh there's trilithon. Uh, there's trilithon there's a single Roman drum so what a lot of people, um, you know, when they've dug this thing up and they lean to this being Roman is they go, well, okay, well, there's a Roman drum underneath one of them. It has to be a Roman structure. And, you know, people are like, are like, yeah, they buried it so they didn't worry about cutting it even. And like, that's a huge, you know, proponent of people being like, yeah, it's a Roman structure. But when you look at this thing and they dig it out, there's like excavated photos of this one Roman drum and it too jets out like it, you can see it. It doesn't look like the other stones, and even the stones beside it aren't rounded. They're not. They're not like they're all nice and sheared off. They look smooth. You can see that this one stone. It it looks different. And they're just so. The point to where they're like, oh yeah, they just they didn't bother cutting this one up straight and flush because it was going to get buried. I was like, well then how come they did it with the other ones? I was like, how come like all the other ones underneath and beside it are all nicely done and this one's rounded? I was like, to me, this looks like a repair job. Like the Romans came in at whatever time when they came in and were repairing this thing. Found it. They noticed I've found a hole or whatever and they stuffed it with one of the Roman drums and they didn't carve it perfectly because they knew it was going to be buried, but they just wanted to make it structurally sound. Um, And, you know, there was arguments made that the stones above it because there's a couple stones above it haven't been moved. They're like, well, you can, it would have had to been placed. But I was like, you could wedge those ones up, like as you're moving stuff out. Or if, you know, it wasn't completely, you could shore those up as you're sliding something in. Like that's not out of the question. Um, but that, that I kind of got down this rabbit hole of why this thing was a Roman built structure. And I was just trying to like go at it as a contrarian of like, well, they weren't answering all my questions. No, for sure. I mean, the temple on top, 100%, is Roman. Yeah, it makes sense. But we're there's a lot of theories we've got to get to, but first, we're going to take a quick break, grab a beer, because there's there's some fun ones, and I just call yeah. fucking chomping. I'm chomping, baby. <laughs> yeah, I can't I'm ready. Go. I'm ready to fly. 
megalithically hard at this point. Oh, dude, it's it's raging. You have to tilt that camera up. Yeah, I might just turn the camera off. Trilithon in his pants. Yeah. All right, stick around. We'll be right back. So now we've got a lot of bunch of theories. Uh, Like we said, Phoenicians at the top of the list of suspects about who fucking put those rocks there and who gets uh, Zell the rock hardest. Phoenicians. (laughs) <laughs> but there is a long list. Nations is a good one, but we're going to move on. Um, yeah, there's a long list of, of other suspects that uh, other uh, other people have studied and and kind of came up with research that they've uh, they've attributed to the movement of the stones and the placement of these architectural wonders to perhaps the Nephilim. As um, Andrew mentioned earlier, that perhaps the, uh, the the stone of the pregnant women or that local legend is perhaps based around uh, the 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 myth or the legend of the Nephilim, the angel human hybrids of uh, biblical. They're pretty much. Uh, we're talking about like half name. gods here. Yeah, like, demigods essentially. Demigods, yeah. yeah. Or like, from what I understand, like from when I've. You know, when I've heard about them or talked about them, it's more so like they're usually more referred to as like the the jinn, which are like giants. Mm-hmm. Well, they right? were giants of men. I mean, described in the Bible, they are larger than normal men. Uh, you know, have abilities and powers that that go beyond that of the 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 children of Adam and Eve, uh, traditionally. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, that is one of the uh, suspects for if you go in, if you dip down into the supernatural uh suspects the nephilim comes up as the first ones that these giants were around at that time and were lifting these were able to lift these stones and put them in place uh for their building of their temples and and things like that because it's not that's saying i think in the bible you can still make an you can still make an argument that the nephilim aren't necessarily like they're not evil they were just they were there. They were products of the the union of human women and angels, and they probably still worshipped, you know, God or you know a deity of some type. They're just like and, a, they're but, a powerful inner like in between. Yes, what they were, but they were not. You know, in the, as the Bible sense, they were not supposed to be there, and that's why the uh, <laughs> that's why God sent down the flood, <laughs> or one of the reasons they sent well, down the flood. And to be honest, like I. It makes it makes sense when you look at these stones because like they're so big that even trying to like lo- like wrap my brain around like nowadays like how would you do this and then if you were to let be like well if you had some imagine you had you could do this with what you're thinking in your brain but you had some like giants that were super strong I'd be like okay well now this makes a little more sense to me maybe I you know maybe I can make this happen because oh, man, just, you build that shit pretty quick with a couple hulks okay. yeah bingo bango bongo. And that's essentially what an Arabic manuscript mentions is that that the great grandson of Noah, Nimrod, uh, had <laughs> sent giants oh, we're gonna to, spilled, to, to rebuild Baalbek after the flood. And so it is. And then it's also kind of another legend states that Nimrod actually rebelled against the 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 uh the semitic god yahweh and built the tower of babel there so these stones are perhaps even remnants of the tower or the foundation itself is perhaps a foundation for the tower of babel where he was going to go up and and fight god i mean he was just really angry and then he's like you know what hey i'm gonna go up there and he uh, he flew on the back of a giant bird 
and then fell to his death on. <laughs> I also Mount learned something. Nemeth. I learned something fun about Nimrod that I always thought Nimrod. Um, I have referred to people in the past as Nimrods because I thought it was just a generic term for a stupid person. And when he says Elmer past, Fudd, he means like. 50 minutes ago when he referred to us as Nimrods. It's like, yes. you Nimrods. <laughs> <laughs> but I learned that the the term Nimrod to refer to a person who is uh, a bit foolhardy is actually, it, it was popularized by a Looney Tunes cartoon. I remember it. It's the, it's the I think it's the it's the episode or the the short where Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck are with Elmer Fudd, and they refer to uh, I think Bugs Bunny refers to him as poor little Nimrod. But the thing is, the joke is that um, he refers to Elmer Fudd as Nimrod because Nimrod was known as a great hunter and someone who thinks of himself as a great hunter. Not like not like, like Elmer Fudd. Not like a stupid person, but it was kind of like a sarcastic comment, ironic comment, which I was like, dude, that's. Hilarious. So that that, that <laughs> one funnier. comment, sarcastic comment, changed the meaning of a word for a generation. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's funny uh, too, because apparently, like, so Nimrod's mom was a god, right? Because there are like in a lot of biblical lore, they consider Nimrod a fucking Nephilim as well. Well, I mean, he was I I I don't know, it was his mom. Um, that was his thing. Like he apparently he was he his won- father of Noah's line? Like, is that, I, mean, yeah. I didn't, I didn't look up the the genealogy. I didn't look up the, the family tree. <laughs> so what what happens if you're a so, say you have a nephilim, a hybrid, but then that nephilim mates with a regular human again. Now you got like a quarter breed. What are, what's that breed. called? A quarter god. Quarter god. And yeah. that's how you get NFL players. <laughs> and that's NBA. And that's where super athletes come from. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> man, I I like this theory of like say it was say these nephilim they are let's take the like fantastic out of it they're just a like bigger say they're a like bigger species of like a bigger hominid say they're sure. twice the size or three times the size of us strength wise and height and everything like the way like humans have mainly built over thousands of years is mainly building like manageable sized stones m- mainly. There are, in Egypt, yeah, bigger stones, around the world, bigger stones, but mainly it's like types of bricks or stuff like that that can be easily molded, transported, and placed for the most part. And then like, so, and then on foundations, they would use bigger stones because we didn't have, we didn't pour concrete and like dig down. Normally, like you would see stones like the trilophon, like you would see those broken into smaller, more manageable pieces. Not, not super, not like super small, but they would still be, something that you would you would yeah. imagine or see more commonly in architecture like in, around the world in like modern in modern like size huge still but like for back then like yeah break broken down to like most of the pyramid stones were like two to six tons and then like the big granite ones were 20 to 80 tons max so it makes sense say you just had a bigger a bigger like species of hominid <laughs> That could bigger group of people. That could just to move big, in. just bigger and just moving one ton stones or more was just more manageable. So in that in that way, this theory kind of makes sense. So another another theory, yeah, another I, I, um, just to sorry, just to add on to that, and like because like my my brain goes right away to people going like, oh, you know, well, where's the, all the bones? Where's the bones? And um, it's like, well, maybe maybe like maybe not even their stature was that much greater, but maybe their like muscle density. Just stronger, right? like in general. maybe they're just stronger. Like if you think about like pound for pound, like look how small chimps are compared to us. But like they'll pull your they pull your arms apart, pull your fucking you know I mean? face off. So it's like if say if you have some sort of like species that's similar to us, but they just like they're just you know the 
have s- such denser muscles and they're just way stronger um, than we are. But when they die, you, you know, their skeletal remains, you go like, yeah, yeah it's a, it must be him. Yeah, but you would like, you would, your bones to be able to carry those type of lo- loads would have to be like fucking some dense ass bones. Like you would, you, you would have a different scale. scale yeah, you'd structure. probably, I, I think you'd probably be able to see like where the muscles attached and like yeah, you'd like, be able to, I think people would be able to forensic archaeologists or anthropologists could kind of put that together. But absolutely. I mean, it's, but maybe not. Maybe yeah. there's just, they don't find the bones. Like they don't find, they haven't found the burial. Well, we've also talked about like just fossilized bones are not very common. Like most humans are going to decompose to dirt and that's it. You have to be like encased, sealed from oxygen, like like flooded over with mud to like ma- and make a fossil. Like what if the Nephilim are like fucking Jedis though? You got to burn them. Every time they die, you got to burn them. Or no, <laughs> right? even easier. It's a send off. When they die, they just disappear into the force and they're gone. There's yeah, no bones. Yeah. Yeah. Force ghost. Force ghost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and you mentioned uh, before the the jinn. So the jinn, uh, either perhaps are nephilims or perhaps a whole a whole another uh, type of supernatural being. Uh, there is the, the the temple of Solomon. If you mention this, so the temple of Solomon is also, I believe, mentioned like in the Bible. I believe it's 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 said that Solomon hired Phoenician architects or referred to them as Phoenicians to come and build his temples. Like, and they built the temple of Solomon and there's actually a stone, which is like closely approaches the approximation of the trilithons. Like one of the stones, like in the foundations or in one of the retaining walls does have the same size. And they do uh, a, a lot of like uh, people studies or um, professors and, and what academics of ancient architecture uh, mark a lot of similarities in some of the, the 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 methods and and even tools like the tools that marks of tools and kind of trademark techniques that were used to quarry some of the stones and place the stones they, they can find parallels between the two so the, not the the temple of jupiter like the trilophon like that structure the original foundation and the temple of solomon so some think that perhaps even uh, like the same architects that worked, same team of architects that worked on the Temple of Solomon, perhaps like a contemporarily worked on the the, the very the, the Temple of Jupiter as well. Similar engineering. There was like I was reading a theory too that potentially like Solomon had had uh, the temple created as a gift to the Queen of Sheba. Yes, and he used like, jinn yeah. to do so. Yeah. Yes, and then there's also a story that the jinn went on strike, and then they, <laughs> it could, they had to not finish it because I think I, I we talked about it. May, I don't think actually we talked about, it, but King Solomon had a um. It, it's in legend he had a ring that could control jinn. There's a there, there's a very there's a legend about that. I always remember that one. Um, but yeah, that's that's one of the things, and so. I think some of that people mark as supporting evidence is that the Bible mentions there is like, it mentions Baal in the Bible. The God, the deity Baal is mentioned in the Bible and that there is Balath, which is a town uh, of the tribe of Dan. So my tribe, I suppose. Dan's, Dan's tribe. <laughs> and, uh, which was fortified by King Solomon in 970 BC. And this is where Baal was actually worshipped by the permission of Solomon. So it is saying that perhaps that this is Baalath is actually Baalbek and that those that would connect the two, the Temple of Solomon and 
it, like ball back. So it it it, it kind of works out. And you could reason out that the same architects that worked on something there would work on the Temple of Solomon as well. It's not bad. This is cool mind control theory. ring. <laughs> yeah. It's, it was like I a green lantern ring, I suppose. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's how it no, works. No, it's not that. My wife's got one of those rings. I bought it for her. And now she controls me. It's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> There's just a mention in the chat. Uh, we got to make a shirt. Uh, tribe of Dan. <laughs> oh, you know what? You know what's a funny? called Dan. I, I did just add a new Dan shirt. Remember that old, we had that, that someone do that artist rendering of Dan in the little fez? Yeah. Yeah. I, I redid that because it was. Looks there just was like some, Sola. Yeah, so I uh, I I fix that up and put it on a shirt. But what I'll do now is I'll pull that down and I'll go tribe of Dan. Tribe of Dan, <laughs> with just Dan looking unamused. It's, it's what all it's what everybody wants for Christmas. Yeah, it's, it's, the, hottest, it's the hottest, hotter than Turbo Man. <laughs> tribe of Dan shirts. So naturally, when you have a megaliths and you have a very little, uh, you have very little evidence about where they came from. The, naturally, it, it comes up that perhaps extraterrestrials were involved in this. So that's the thought of Matest M. Agrist, who is a Soviet mathematician who first proposed in 1959 that the trilophon at Baalbek had actually been created by extraterrestrials as a launch pad. Like this large platform that was sitting under the temple of Jupiter was perhaps a launch pad for extraterrestrial craft. Wait, first, then, first off, this guy's name does not sound Russian. At all. <laughs> well, Russia's a Mattis big place. M. I mean, Agrist. Yeah. I mean, he was a Soviet mathematician. So oh, it's like, could, it's all, like all, doesn't mean he's Russian. Mm, right, that right, means right. like any yeah. of the Soviet, you all, know, all encompassing Soviet satellite states. USSR. As well, so. Okay. Okay. I'll, get, I'll, um, I'll let it pass. We'll give him a pass. <laughs> we'll give him a pass. I'll give him a that's pass okay. on the name. He's the same guy that. One only. He's the same guy that put that theory that like Sodom and Gomorrah was actually like they yeah. was destroyed in actual nuclear war. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's the same That's... person. Um, uh, it, the, the idea that I really, I mean, I think you can trace a lot of the ancient alien kind of uh, theories and a lot of that stuff that the Von Daniken works kind of goes back to him, I believe, or at least like they were contemporaries. Like it's very close about who came up with the first one, I think. And, um, you know, Sitchin's in there as well. Uh, the idea is kind of appropriate, but I, I believe giving credit where credit is due. And I think uh, Agris kind of came up with it. Right. First. So now he, um, like his theory is that like the, Trilithon, that's the launch pad. Not necessarily the whole like platform, but does he does he I say think the that, whole platform itself? Like I think it, it, like, there is a story that is associated with Baalbek. I, th I think that the, that this was a place or there of ancient legend that this is where Baalbek Ball this guy got landed. Like at, at some point he touched Earth here, here. at Baalbek, and yeah. so it, it's it's pulled from the like the roots where it comes from is that from the Epic of Gilgamesh. Yes. Right. Yeah. Like I, I've got Sitchin's theory. Like I, I wrote it down. It's actually pretty cool. Okay. As let's well let's, far fest as it is. But well, let's hear Sitchin's theory because he's. I mean, he's a big influence on many of the this ancient a astronaut stuff right. from, he's, the, from he's the area. The, like Anunnaki is is him. That's his his game. Yeah. At least at least <laughs> from this area, it's Sitchin. Yeah. So he says. So Gilgamesh, king of Uruk. In ancient Sumer, went there in so there as Baalbek, right, 2900 BC to obtain immortality from the gods, having been the son of the goddess Nimsum and the high priest of Uruk, Gilgamesh was considered not just a demigod but two thirds divine. This he asserted entitled him to avoid death 
uh, a death of a mortal. Yes, his mother told him, but to obtain uh, our longevity, you have to go to our planet, Nibiru. So Gilgamesh journeyed from Sumer, which I Sumer is like Iraq, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 So Iraq. So from from Iraq to the landing place, which we know now is Baalbek, or supposedly mm-hmm. Baalbek, which Lebanon, right? Mm-hmm. So the landing space is what he refers to it in the Cedar Mountains, uh, where the rocket ships of the gods were lofted. So the Epic of Gilgamesh, a text found uh, inscribed on clay tablets, actually describes how Gilgamesh witnessed a rocket ship being launched from the landing place. A later Phoenician, a Phoenician coin depicted such a rocket standing on a launching pad below. So we've got like, you can see the coin as well, as uh, I can throw it in the uh, the chat for you. You can post it if you want, but it's uh, it's kind of fucking cool. So the coin that depicts a rocket launching? Yeah, a rocket launching. Or it could be interpreted as a rocket launching. Well, we're gonna say <laughs> or it could just be a fucking tree. Or it but... could be an obelisk, because people like obelisks. Yeah. <laughs> it, it definitely looks like an obelisk, but... Uh, well, you know... The, a rocket also looks like an obelisk, They're both too. phallic yeah. in nature, so we'll give them yeah. that. <laughs> okay, let's, I'm going to see if I can pull this up here. What does this look like? So it looks like a... A dick. It looks like a dick. Mm-hmm. Where'd it go? I lost it. A little rock you dick. just see dicks. Could be a time. giant dick. Very well. <laughs> well, for some reason, it's not coming up. Braden, Braden suffered from that same situation that Seth did in fucking uh, Superbad, where he just saw dicks everywhere and drew yeah. them. Yeah, drawing obelisks one, everywhere. Yeah, one everywhere. one day, Braden big was throbbing veiny obelisks. Yeah, he was draw, drawing one big big veiny <laughs> triumphant motherfucker in the uh, yeah triumphant obelisks, veiny <laughs> obelisks. Okay, wait. I do. I think I do have it here. One second. I think that's it. Pull it over, but uh, Nibiru. That's, that's hard. Anunnaki, right? It's yeah. hard to tell yeah, what right? this yeah. is. Also, Planet X, Planet Nine, which is cool though. Like that ties it back into fucking the Anunnaki, which could be the gods of these people at the time. Like it's fucking it's pretty rad. So here um, we're looking at the coin now on the stream. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you look. It looks like you do have like a a temple, and on the side of it, it looks like a. I mean, I'm not going to say it looks like a rocket ship, but Listen, it looks I would like never, I would never look at this coin and be like, that's a rocket ship. That's, t- that's making quite a stretch. But it does look me. like, it looks different. It doesn't look like a, like the roof of the building. It looks like this is a platform for something on top. Yeah. I'll give it that. Which is weird too. Like, remember being in, the first thing I thought when we went to Chichen Itza is like those big flat top, I'm like, this is a fucking landing plan. Dude, that's exactly, yeah. we're like, that's. Dude, we were all there. We were, the three of us were there. And we're a little hungover. We're just looking at these like, that's an alien launch pad right there. hundred <laughs> percent. Absolutely. What else would that be? Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. And we're, well, I don't yeah. know what else. Dude, we're, we're wearing the AT t-shirts and even the guide's like, he's looking at us. He's like aliens. <laughs> yeah. Aliens. I know. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Like, we're, and, and I would say yes, but then I would also say that, like I said before, I was like, they're, could have been were a lot. There, Usually, man? I mean, those there? traditionally were, were, were covered with like wooden there? structures what, I, as well. Are you a patriot? Were you there <laughs> on the grounds of Chichen Pizza? I, I can't say that, Mr. Ventura. I'm I bet sorry. you he stormed the beaches of Chichen, Chichen Pizza when he was a Navy SEAL. <laughs> when I there. was a Navy SEAL, I stormed the beaches of Chicken Pizza. <laughs> I was there. Were you there, Dan? <laughs> 
So another another suspect, perhaps, is not only do you have extraterrestrials thrown into the mix or the uh, the legend of Bald Beck, but you also have, in the opinion of David Childress, real life Indiana uh, Jones, by the way, yes, real life yes. Indiana Jones, self described as real no. life Indiana Jones, no, and described no. by us, I suppose, uh, he perhaps puts in the hat the name of the Osirian Empire or this this. Um, uh, uh, quoting him, the Assyrian civilization, according to esoteric tradition, like was an advanced Assyrian? civilization. No, Osirian. 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 Like Osirian. 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 Oh, wow. um, okay. was an advanced civilization contemporary with Atlantis. So not necessarily Atlantis itself, but another civilization that lived within the Mediterranean basin, like before it was an ocean, I suppose. And then it was destroyed by the same biblical great flood, um, which also destroyed Atlantis and the rest of the antediluvian world. Yeah, this is so the, the story with this, I mean, it's not set in stone, but through all the different theories, you had Atlantis, you had the Osirian, Os mm -hmm. and you also had Mu, like the three different on the other side. On the I other suppose. side. So you had like three controlling superpowers of the ancient world before mm -hmm. the destruction, the flood, the cataclysm that wiped them out. Right. So you'd have Atlantis out beyond the Pillars of Hercules, and yep. then you'd have the Mediterranean Basin inhabited by the Osirian Empire, I suppose. And then you'd have Lemuria, or I guess Mu, or Lemuria, Lemuria. If, they, if they're interchangeable, yeah. um, out and near, I guess, the Indian Ocean, I think is the most likely spot yeah, was like that Indi they put it in. Indian Ocean there. through like Indonesia to like Australia, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. So you'd have those three. So uh, that's... David Childress puts that into some of his books that, that this is perhaps their work um, where, I mean, potentially I think, I think he also, there's probably a connection there that he makes with like the Phoenicians that the Phoenicians, I know the Phoenicians come up a lot and that perhaps they were, um, I, there's probably at least one or two uh, historians that could try to make the connection that the Phoenicians were, you know, Atlantean refugees or some point, because it's easy to, it's easy to make that to reason it out because you have this, this, civilization that is really not i mean they they barely considered themselves connected in terms of like a traditional country like they existed mm -hmm. in just separate city states and colonies around the mediterranean they didn't have a singular nation at all and they were just these uh you know world renowned at the time ancient world renowned mariners mm -hmm. and um uh, like traders so they, they're just plying the seas and and making all this stuff. So there's so, some, uh, I'm a descendant of the Atlanteans is what you're saying, Dan. I'm an Atlantean I suppose. Prince. I'm, an Atlantean. <laughs> I'm the Atlantean mongoose, pal. No, I think you're the, it's my trident. You're the Osirian descendant. Osirian. Osirian. According Osirian. to Tomato Childress, Tomato. according to Childress, you're the Osirian descendant because Atlantis was a little farther to the West. You are, you are freakishly strong for your size. I'll give you it that. It is true. <laughs> yeah, but I can't swim. Terrible swimmer. And the we, other thing, yeah, too? Yeah, but that's Atlantis. We're not saying you're from Atlantis. Atlantis was, oh, okay. was nope. drowned. You don't have to swim if you're on a boat. 90% like, 90 I mean, of Lebanese people can't swim. <laughs> which, 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 it didn't which say they were great swim. swimmers. It just said that they were great you know, sailors. So, I mean, I do have swim that. if you're on a boat. You guys know about that little weird, like that little that little hole some people have by their ear? That means they like might have been able to breathe that's underwater how I hear. at one point. Breathe I underwater? Yeah. What? Yeah, never you ever heard of that before. I'll try. I'll Google it. Hold on, I have. What it. did you just claim? That there's, some people have wait, this. Wait, like, wait, wait, little, wait. Bring your head in closer to the camera. Bring it in. 
I well, I can. I did super close. I'll get real close. Did get you, real close. Did you claim Andrew just to be able to? His, it's like a dent in his skull. Did Andrew and just <laughs> claim to be able to breathe underwater? His ancestors used to. My ancestors, ancestors. the Atlantean mongooses, used oh. to be able to do it, or the Osirian mongooses breathe underwater. Okay. Hey, well, I mean, uh, if you were like a very, if you were like a marine people, why not? I, I mean, <laughs> hey, listen. There's that. There's the tribe in what is it? It's Polynesia, a they, pit. They can. They've evolved to see underwater, like they're. Oh well, yeah. They can. They can willfully control the contractions of their pupil. Yeah, and they, like yeah, they can. They don't have the water. They, they don't have the distortion of the water, and they can hold their breath like three times longer than the average person. I'm right. not. So I'm not putting anything past them. Right? <laughs> those are like, those are adaptations. So maybe, yeah, maybe. What'd you call it, Andrew? What's that thing called? His ear hole. No, it's a breathing hole through his temple. Yeah. Preauricular hole. I don't know, boys. I'm fucking preauricular. Preauricular before your ear. Pre- oh, <laughs> Behind no. your ear hole. It's a preauricular sinus, apparently. Okay. I got I gotta yeah. I'm getting way too deep into this here. On, on, <laughs> getting too deep on the fly, but maybe. We'll we'll let's say we'll say a maybe. Even if you couldn't breathe breathe underwater and that hole allowed you to equalize equalize pressure easier or something dive deeper with that's no air is, boys it's, it's only one way to find it. let's get a bucket of water see how long i can do it <laughs> just dunk them in <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right next pod trip we'll uh we'll do it so just to to kind of impress on people like here towards the end about like how impressive you know how impressive that these stones are like they are the largest stones that are pretty much they're quarried by human hands like it's that, that dude that allegedly is a fact they're, allegedly they're the, no they're, so, they're the largest stones quarried to be part of a like a structure right to be part of a structure of a because structure. you do have other stones that were larger um you have for example the thunderstone uh which is the pedestal that rests that's the how you get a ride to we know this dan yes this, this is, is basic yeah, if you want it yeah it's the only you way you want to ride you there you got to level Pikachu. 30 no, I guess you don't really need to be a level. You don't have to level. be a level, but you need True. to make sure it is. Because I remember I did that. I fucked up. I evolved my Eevee way too fast when he was a little bitch. Yeah, that's right. You have... want to learn Thunder first. Or Absolutely. I think you want to learn Thunder or Thunder Shock first. But... You got to beef him up. <laughs> beef him up. Um, so you have a horse statue that sits upon there of great uh, Peter the Great in the Senate Square in St. Petersburg, Russia. Now, this stone originally weighed about 1,500 tons, uh, but was carved down during its transportation uh, to its current size, which now it weighs about 1,250 tons, which is no small, uh, no small amount of rock. And wasn't it carved um, like, yeah, it was carved. I think it was carved actually like as it went. Yeah. On the way, on the way like, there while it was it. going. Um, it was originally, uh, it was, uh, Marinos Carburis, uh, who's a Greek from the Island of Kefalonia, uh, who was serving as a lieutenant colonel in the Russian army at the time had offered to undertake this project that was commissioned by Catherine the Great to kind of put this statue up on on this on this stone. So he actually came up like he uh, developed from conception and uh, a metallic sledge that slid over bronze spheres, which is like kind of the precursor to ball bearings. Like yep. it was the same kind of concept of ball bearings, but those hadn't been invented yet. And he kind of basically, they just kind of rolled this along a track um, that had to be constantly, I mean, they were moving like 
feet a day, I suppose, like not even that far, like a couple yards a day, uh, moving this entire stone on a piece of track that had to be constantly disassembled and then reassembled in front of it. It's like the, you know, a Looney Tune cartoon of, uh, Wiley Coyote, like taking train tracks from behind him oh, and throwing yeah, it yeah. out in front, Acme. you know, yeah. while they're pulling it, you know. But it, but an impressive part of it is that they did it during winter when the when the ground is hard, yeah. and they only used human power. There were no animals, no engines, no nothing. It was only humans dragging that thing for miles. But even that, to, like, to get it, even where it's so go. they had to do it over winter and like to move the track. Even just with the ball, I'm, like I wonder how many ball bearings just because to, to take the weight of like fifteen hundred tons. Even mm-hmm. through like whatever track they're using with whatever, however frozen the ground was, would be so much pressure on like a single point. So he must have had like hundreds or thousands of bearings slowly just like taking the weight as they push this thing along. Then you have the unfinished obelisk, uh, in which is located in Aswan, Egypt, and its creation, which had been ordered by Hatshepsut in fifteen oh eight to somewhere in fourteen fifty eight BC. Or that was her reign, I suppose, and then. Um, it was, unfin- as its name says, it was unfinished and it probably would have measured around 42 meters, 138 feet, and would have weighed about a thousand tons or 1200 short tons. Uh, the the obelisk creators carved it directly out of the bedrock of where, where it was located, um, but cracks they archaeologists have have determined that cracks appeared in the granite and then the project was actually abandoned and so the bottom side of the the obelisk is still attached to the bedrock and i was kind of thinking about this earlier it's like how much does that gotta suck that you're you're carving out this entire obelisk and then you got this huge thing has been commissioned by the pharaoh hmm. of all egypt and then you're like oh shit like we spent months carving this thing out and there's a crack in it. And I said, you got to bribe some temple priest real hard to be like, look, can you tell him that Osiris doesn't like it? And it, it cracked it. The gods cracked it. God's they cracked for it. Sure. Yeah. You know, here's, yeah. We'll, we'll throw a cool, a couple extra votive offerings I imagine offerings they all just peaced out month. and we're never to <laughs> god's be seen will. from again. They're just like, <laughs> leave. We're gone. <laughs> oh, well, the will of the gods. Said it, not today. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So it, it is. So the trilophon is an immensely oppressive achievement. Um, it was quarried, uh, transported, and lifted mm-hmm. twenty feet into the structure on top of other stones, eight hundred and tons. then slid on. precisely into position. And not only on top on. of those, stones. and not only just slid, but matched with a mirror image of a bevel, with done with like laser-like precision, and then just yep. placed together. Mind-boggling. Yeah. Absolutely. Now we've talked about, so I just want to talk about one more giant stone before we uh, go to more theories here. So we had the, the obelisk, we had the thunderstone. Did you guys come across the Yang Sheng quarry in China? No. No. I don't think it was, it was at the, it wasn't at the top of the list. No, because it's, uh, so what wow. this was. Wow. <laughs> what this is. I have now. <laughs> so what this was, was some ancient emperor in the Ming dynasty in like 1300s commissioned this stele, which is like a three stacking stone structure. Yes. And he commissioned it. I think his name, Zhu Huangzhang, Mm -hmm. the Ming dynasty. He commissioned a three part stele that was never finished. But what it is, is quarried stone. The first stone was quarried and cut unexcavated. So never moved. So I'll, I'll tell you, you'll find out why in a second. 
and it was 16,250 tons, the first stone. <laughs> 16, yeah, they 000. poured it and they went, how we, how we move this? Here, we can't. Here it is. <laughs> Impossible. Here's the stone. This thing is unbelievable. It is 99 feet long, 43 feet thick, and 52 feet tall, weighing 16,000 tons. They quarried like this big ambitious project with thousands of workers to make this steely for the emperor. They cut that. They cut a second one called the steely body which is 162 foot long. This would have been like the height because it was going to be stacked on top. Uh, kind of looks like the the floating rock from Zardoz. Yeah. Yeah. Looks like a, a, like a Jawa sand crawler. Is what it looks like. <laughs> so yeah, the body, 100, 162 feet long, so really tall. It would have been stood up if it was finished, 35 feet wide and 14 feet thick. So like a big, tall like body. And then the steely head was 35 by 67 by 28. And that weighed six, so 16,250 was the base, 8,800 was the body, and 6,118 tons was the head. Obviously, they got to the end, they cut them all, and they're like, this is, we'll never move this. And they just lie, Impossible. they lie in place. In this the Anunnaki quarry. left, we have no, we have no means. <laughs> Not even the Anunnaki this. had powerful enough beams to lift these stones. That's how big. It's. What do you? What? <laughs> it's like. Why did you guys do this? Yeah, the emperor. He was really ambitious, and then it, right. and now it just lies there, never moved. Never. There's no. They got to the end. They're like, this is impossible. You could have all the all the members of the country try and lift this, and we. It's not going anywhere. But yeah, you're not gonna have enough manpower. You're not gonna. Have, there's no. There's no simple machine in the world that's gonna give you enough. No, I. I, I, I just stumbled across that. I was like, what? Yeah. There's no chance. What? It's foolish, but cool. Sixteen thousand tons. Get out of town. Ain't like, going nowhere. It's moving a mountain. You're moving an entire mountain. All right, we gonna we getting into some theories now. Yeah, we should. Let's get into some theories. All right. So what I th was thinking when I got into this one is that. One of the things I was reading was the weathering of the stones, which is why they think it's relatively newer than we think. And it's not as old as we might think is because limestone weathers really easy. They can track it pretty, pretty good in the area. Um, and the reason why they think this is newer is because of what good condition it's in. Now, they, they thought this before the discovery of Gobeki Tepe. Now, Gobeki Tepe's taught us that limestone purposely buried can, you know, seals nicely, seals nicely and can hold some great detail. So what I think is that I think because much like Gobeki Tepe, there, it's not written anywhere. No one knows about it, that I think this whole site was at one time completely buried. Mm. And I think it's been unearthed in our modern times of the Romans and, and stuff like that. And it's been slowly being unearthed. I think this is an ancient structure that's much older than we even understand. The problem is that it's much like how we've theorized that the pyramids are older and then just cultures have come in and claimed it as their own. I think that's what's happened to these structures is I think these structures are much older um, than we credit and they were purposely buried. Uh, and you know, like the, the, the pregnant lady, it, it wasn't unearthed, you know, for a long time. It's, it, it's in such good condition. I think there's going to be more stones found when we can get in there and, and start studying this area more. But I think this is an, 
way much, much older than we realize. And so when we're trying to explain it with what we know about cultures in the time where we think it kind of is, and I think we can throw that out the window because I believe it's much older. And if you read that it is the Romans, I believe the Romans built on top of it and they repaired it. But there's just nothing like this anywhere else in the world. Like the size, the sheer size. You think that this would have been remembered or logged somewhere like you remember that time we we fucking did those there's the biggest stones anyone's ever seen ever in human history we were just lugging those up and moving them around like you think someone would have shared that information ac- across time <laughs> somewhere yeah uh, especially with the romans so um i don't i don't know i I don't know if it's an ancient culture with advanced civilization. You know, if we're talking like Freddie Silva, maybe it's the Shining Ones uh, from the Younger Dries before the, uh, some sort of cataclysmic event that uh, buried everything. But I, I think much like Gobeki Tepe, and the mystery around that is why was it backfilled? Why was it buried? I believe this site was buried as well. It was just unearthed, you know, thousands of years ago. Dude, that's it. I, I really like where you're going with this theory, and. I'll, I'm going to add to it. So 100% guaranteed the Romans built here. Undeniable. Undeniable. It's, this it, is a it Roman. It is undeniable. It's a fact. A Roman they site. built there. You have the Roman columns. There's Roman columns. There's yeah. Roman drums. They're there. The well, they showed Romans up. They're there. like, the work's already half done for us. Beautiful. Yeah, exactly. No, but so what I think is, so as you said, we've excavated these giant stones. And if, say, the Romans showed up and they didn't cut these giant stones... And they showed up and they're like, oh, this is 800 ton stones. We have no problem moving 40 to 80 ton columns, but like eight, this is way too big. The, I think the first thing they would have done if that stone was exposed is they would have cut that for the foundation. Uh, that's what I think is like, okay, this is, you can, we, hey, we can get a hundred pieces out of this for the temple, but there's no way we can move 800 tons. We have all these cranes. Like, hey, we there's not we there's, we couldn't get there's enough stones right here. We couldn't get them. yeah, we couldn't get enough cranes in here and manpower to move this. Let's just cut it and put it in as we normally would build everywhere else in the Roman Empire. So I think that the stones were buried, and I think that they are. There's more to be discovered. Andrew's already talked about. They have no money to excavate. They don't bring in for international teams. Like, there's a lot more that can be done here. So what what if the stones aren't even buried? They were just they were covered. Accidentally, if we're if you're going to go with a great deluge or a flood or some type of like great movement of water, so anytime a river moves or like we've just witnessed in BC locally, anytime a river <laughs> yeah. swells and moves with such force, it just moves all the dirt and mud around it. It's just it's so if the, say there was a massive flood, so I'm saying this now, and this this is a pretty high above sea level, right? We're talking what? What do we say? Twelve hundred meters, or uh, yeah, about 1,200, 1,200. Let's let's entertain the idea that there was some type of mass flood, okay. and this was, as my boy Graham Hancock says, just like other temples around the world, a pre-existing advanced civilization. He doesn't. He never says aliens. Let's get that clear. Cram, Hancock never says aliens. He says pre-Diluvian. Pre antediluvian, pre younger Dryas cataclysm civilization built this stuff. It built fucking uh, well, uh mind blank. We was talking. Yeah, about. it's because you're gripping with two hands. Nine thousand. <laughs> 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 
is built all these other civilizations, megalith megalithic civilizations around the world. They were wiped out. Civilization came back, repurposed, rebuilt on top. If you look at the foundation of this place, it doesn't <clears throat> seem as Roman as others. I think that, yeah, this is just older. These stones were buried. If the stones were exposed when the Romans came, I think they would have chopped them up into more manageable, still large Roman-style stones, like could have been 8, 10, 20 tons. But 800 is unfathomably large. And the like, fact that logically, that makes a lot of sense. That if that if the the pregnant lady was there and you and they would have seen it, or why not? Why not cut them up? It would make it would for efficiency's sake. It, that makes a lot of sense to me. That would add up. That there would yeah, be something. There, that, there it's are, not because there's just no evidence of them doing anything of this magnitude anywhere else. Not with stones this big. And the, and the crazy thing, like Dan said at the start, no one really knows the history of this place besides the romans no were way. there that's about all we know it's fucking cool man yeah it's it's Dan? a really cool one. Oh, okay well, well i, I want to finish with you because it's your it's your it's your, your home yeah, it's the home hometown man. hometown hero Home, hometown hero yeah we got to hear from the hometown Osiri heroes Osirian, what is it osirian mongoose Osirian mongoose <laughs> i like atlantean mongoose but i'll take <laughs> hey you can take whatever you want Osirian. either one i'll take both aka aka you're a hybrid. Um, yeah, like I said before, with the the absence, the, the the absolute absence of evidence about where who built this and who can who constructed this this entire building is is lost to time. We don't have anything. No written records. No archaeological records. No nothing. No uh, tablets or stone tablets or anything. Records of it being built or depictions of it being built or anything. Um, a lot of theories kind of pop out about where it came from and you know none of them you can say are 100 wrong because nobody really knows um but i mean we do know the fact that it's like it doesn't pop up the the, the temples are never really mentioned and these structures are never really mentioned until you get to around like the roman periods and that they built those and it might have been like these places were commissioned to be built like after it became a tourist destination. Essentially, it became a, a, a wealthy Romans uh, took up places there after it was favored by Julius Caesar. It kind of became, you know, in vogue. It could have been people were just pouring money into this place to build these temples and whatnot. Um, a lot of the literature, a lot of the the studies and analysis of this uh, of this area unfortunately for uh, there is a lot of studies that have been done in this unfortunately like for us like a lot of them are not in english <laughs> there's a lot that are not in english and um uh, probably Which is one hard of the best because ones because that's what we read yes that's what we <laughs> read we're best at reading <laughs> that's all we got and um you know uh, one of the ones that i came across probably um probably the best examples they had a lot of diagrams and it was like a a french uh, a french professor of ancient uh, architecture kind of came across and gave a kind of depiction about how you would move these stones, uh, you know, potentially how you would move these stones. So you'd have to put out roads. Like you'd have to put out roads. Who's good at making roads? Romans. Romans are good at making roads. Really we good. know that. They're, they're still there. They're really good. At <laughs> they're there underneath everything. They're, still. they're everywhere and people still use them. They're, it's um, crazy. Yeah. There's, there's all those memes about like, Oh, ancient Roman road from 2,400 years ago, modern Canadian road from last winter destroyed yeah exactly 
So who's yeah? So who's good at paving and making roads? The Romans. Um, if you look at the connection to like you look at the distance and you look at where the uh, the stone quarry is for the stone of the pregnant women uh, and those other stones that were there that were quarried there, there were probably I mean they look very similar to the ones that are there, so they were probably supposed to go there. You can it, it there the the temple is that quarry is slightly higher in elevation, so you could move those stones. How would you move those stones? Well, you could probably put them on rollers. That could be one way uh, that I saw explained. It doesn't freeze. Uh, doesn't it, freeze there though. Ground doesn't freeze. It doesn't freeze there, but I, it doesn't get cold in Lebanon. Yeah, there you can ski in Lebanon. Yeah, so it does get cold. Um, you could potentially move this, and winter would be the best time to do this because I think traditionally, like these kinds of projects were done during the winter times because that's what you use to keep the populace, the the farming populace, the mainly agrarian populace, Busy. occupied. On the off season. Sure. Right. Because if you leave farmers alone and, uh, you know, unoccupied for a long time, what do you get? Rebellion. That's what you get. So <laughs> you want to give them something, a project to work yeah. on and kind of a community project. So this would be something like that, I suppose. Um, we don't have any records, so we don't really know. But it, uh, that, that so, seems odd to me, though. If you're going to take on a, a project this big of this magnitude, sure. someone there ha- would have to realize that, like, Hey, these are this is going to be some of the biggest stones that we've ever seen, we've ever done, right? We're really so, testing it. You think you, that would have, you know, trickled some stories at least, right? Uh, you, you're absolutely right, and we don't have those records to kind of just 100 support that. But moving these stones is not something that is impossible. Like it could possibly be done with the technology of the time. So you could use rollers. That's one way you could do it. Another novel way that I saw that uh, another kind of engineer said, like you could it's take a giants. wheel. Well, you could take a wheel, right? And you could make the axis the, it's probably not how they did it, but I thought it was a really funny way to mention, like, it's like somebody illustrated, like you could take a wheel, right? And make the axis, you could have a square axis surrounded by the wheel and the, the stone would be the axis. And then you could roll it. Where you supposed to? It's really dumb. I thought it was a really dumb idea, but I thought it was funny. Like I just thought it was like oh, you know it's what else been you done do? before. You could hook up nine car batteries on a frequency and just levitate it into place. <laughs> so that's not okay. So maybe that one's not is impractical, but it has been done before. There is evidence that that has probably been done before. That it's been you can roll a large stone into place. Not by a, just putting it. Not an eight hundred ton though. Let's be super not an eight hundred ton one. Perhaps not. No. Um, so you can know, you could put it on wooden rollers that we know that is kind of a thing and then pull now pulling. If you were going to pull this straight up with humans, you'd probably need like, you need a lot of people just to pull it. So what do you use when you need to multiply manpower? Like what do you do is use simple machines. What simple machines were available during the day? You had things like a windlass. So you could use like a windlass and so like a windlass, like a capstan, you know, is a vertically mounted kind of axle and you could put people on there with a system of pulleys and then you could connect those ropes onto logs kind of like that were like on the front and the back of the stones and you could pull these You know who created all this stuff? You know who's the ones that created all this shit? It was the truck. No, it's a tribe of Dan. The oh, only the tribe of nerds that can figure out how to move these fucking stones. <laughs> the, thing, the thing, though, is, again, like, in theory, in theory, in theory, this all works. And we've seen it in practice in human history with far smaller stones. Like, I just want to reiterate that. The size Dude. of the stones we're talking about, We when you say, like, we could do this, you have to add, in theory, because no one's moved stones this big. 
There's got no big stones in Lebanon. There's no pal. evidence of people Fucking moving stones of this size with these methods. You'd have to. Like, yeah, in I'm theory, just saying it could be theory, done. In theory, you know, we could get some really good rope and we could do this in theory. But one thing in theory and to actually practically apply it is two different things. Because we look at these stones in China and there gets to size where we just can't move them. And those ones, but those ones are magnitudes larger yeah. than yes. what those they were. Yeah, they so. were. It was ten times larger. But as if you say like rolling on wood, I don't any. There's no chance. Maybe you. Maybe you had. Maybe if you had some type of like stone rollers, or sure. something that are bronze. Or, well, maybe not you would bronze, just crush bronze, it into the like ground. You would have man. bronze. Then. Well, so I'm saying, no. okay, I don't know. Uh, theories though. Theories are how good. hard is cedar wood from Lebanon? Cedar wood is a soft, soft wood. Yeah. Hey, he's calling your wood soft. I'm calling, the, I'm calling those Lebanese cedar soft, buddy. And you oh, take that buddy. shit? There's nothing soft about Lebanon, pal. <laughs> Get him. Get him. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call also at the same time cedars from around right. the whole world soft and weak. So Except for the ones from Lebanon. Maybe, perhaps, you could actually Walker. drag these things. If you had enough force, you could drag these things. And you could probably put sand down in front of them to move them to where you were. <laughs> sure. There's evidence that this has been done. So you can put sand there, there and move uh, it. Yeah, again, evidence this has been done with far smaller stone. Uh, I'm sorry. I have to interrupt everything and nobody who's listening to this podcast can understand, but look at the chat right now and see the last thing that was just said. <laughs> My buddy Rob can't swim because he has no legs. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Rob. I'm sorry, Rob, sorry, but that's Rob. just that caught the corner of my eyes, fucking killing me. I did not notice that. Now What's I'm, the context uh, of that? Yeah, what is the context? We're talking about like some some people in the chat were talking about they're not quite sure how to understand that people can't that there are some people can't swim. And I will say I was in the navy and there are people who joined the navy that, who can't swim. That just swim. can't swim. <sighs> Yeah, and they had to go in boot camp. They had to go to swimming lessons every day. Every now, that day would have been camp. so fun where you get a... What color do you want your water to do? And you splash it. They were terrible. Like, they were just people who can't swim. You got to teach not, your kids. I mean, just, like, negatively when I say buoyant. I can't swim, when I, when I say I can't swim, I can't swim well. I can fucking swim. Yeah, right. You're not, not going to throw you Andrew in the pool and he's going to drown. I can doggy paddle like yeah, a mother. He'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, Andrew, were you... Sorry, Dan, were you... Uh, yeah, I'm saying that these stones could possibly move, but it is impressive that they are there. It's more CIA um, propaganda. Sure. That's all it uh, is. CIA is super interested in... In Baalbek. In, in Baalbek. It's, uh, like funny, it's funny that you mentioned that, Dan. It's hilarious that you mentioned that, because my theory isn't necessarily how it was built, but why it was built, and sure. who it was built by. Yes. And then, you know, so have you ever heard of the Adam and Eve story by Chan Thomas? Is that uh, different than the Bible version? I mean, I've heard, yeah. I've it's heard the Bible. It's, it's a research paper. Have you ever heard the Adam and Eve from now, the Bible? The little book called no. the Bible? <laughs> nope. So this research paper that was written in 1966 by Chan Thomas was classified by the CIA and was just recently declassified. Well, 57 of the 288 pages of this paper were declassified in 2013. So now this paper centers around geographic anomalies and megalithic structures around the world. One of them being Balbeck. All right, CIA Dan classifying all our shit. Mm -hmm. In this paper, it states that there is insurmountable evidence that we are the sixth advanced population to exist. 
The six yeah. most right. advanced? No, the six. There are a lot of civilizations. Oh, okay, so I mean, we're the sixth. Just don't interrupt with your smart shit for okay. like two minutes. And then you can shoot holes in everything right. I say after. I, no, I'll I leave. I know I you'll did, be able to. I think so, it's Phoenician. It'll float. So each pro, each prior being wiped out by some type of like massive calamity, right? Like Cell loves to fucking talk about, right? Cataclysms, oh, whatnot. Big old yeah. Younger Dryas cataclysm, baby. So there's supposedly, according to this Chan Thomas guy, there's supposedly evidence found at Baalbek that all confirms this and that they, there's evidence of a fucking cataclysm that's going to happen, you know, in the modern world. So that's why these, this has all been redacted and hidden. And that's why keep in mind too, that this was written in the height of the cold world war, war, right? So they're probably not wanting this type of shit floating around anyways. So it makes me think it's like, why are they building these massive fucking, like, why are they trying to build these structures with these massive fucking stones? Like, is it, is it just to show like, Hey, look at, we can move these stones. I have the biggest temple, which means I got the biggest dink, right? Yeah. It's like our body. That's usually what big, it meant. Yeah. Right. Well, that's what we think. <laughs> that pregnant lady or, stone. You want to know why it's half erect? It's because they just had finished carving it half into chunk. a phallic, <laughs> yeah. phallic shape. It's a, it was it's gonna a be fucking a half chunk. They, they hadn't carved obelisk. the glands into it. Massive but, stony, veiny obelisk. It, yeah. It made me wonder because, like the the initial the initial piece that was built was the platform, right? And then it made me think. It's like, okay, so what's underneath this? Because when we talk about like the the um, the stone of the pregnant lady. Right. Potentially there's other megalithic structures underneath it. Stones just like it. And right. then, you know, got they me don't thinking have about cool the names. <laughs> yeah, they don't have cool. Well, because they don't they they don't and know it what it is, right? Like they, so made me start thinking it's like so okay, got me on the train of like, okay, underground. You know, mm. brought me to like Denver Airport. Ooh. Right? Mm. What are they building the Denver Airport for? Right? What 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 is the big you know, it's an airport. Conspiracy yeah. around end that. of days bunker. It's <laughs> end of days bunker. Well, th that's the rumor. Yeah. Maybe that's what all these fucking megalithic structures were. These advanced civilizations were building these things to survive these the cataclysmic events that were taking place. Well, to take it further, and that's like, why they had to use these giant city, right? ass fucking mm. like Denver. It's a, it's a, it's a high city, right? So if you're thinking of for like some sort of flood. Or or something like that, rising sea levels. It's you know, it's a makes sense. The Maha City. You we look at this. Gobeki Tepe is pretty high above sea level, um, and Baalbek is pretty high above sea level. As I well. suppose that does check out because there is there are reports that I came across that they said that there's underneath Baalbek. And then what else does it have in common? Two or three. There are two three like tunnels like that that are like subway tunnel size. Uh, Right? And then what else do these have in common? Too, right? Like little information. We have little information on Gobekli Tepe. We got fucking next to nothing mm -hmm. on fucking Bulbeck. Right. And then we're currently working on them right now. Like what is fucking Elon Musk doing? The one guy who's saying we need to get to more Mars more than anything. What's he working on? What's the boring company working on? Underground tunnels, baby. Under, underground tunnels. Right. It just, I don't know why I was fucking on the plane. I took a couple of CBD fucking gummies. Dude. I like that theory to. because there's there's that there's the Gobekli Tepe there's Baalbek there's others there's uh, Puma Punka there's like all these other structures that are well above sea level that have massive megalithic like stones. Big I think why else? Like I understand being like, hey, look at my temple's the biggest temple. You know, like that's cool, Chip. But like to go to that much effort to move these fucking stones that nobody else has ever been able to move before. It's like, they're doing it yeah. for a fucking reason. What's that more than that? What's that river in that, in the area? It's funny. Cause now that we're getting on the uh, thing of cataclysm, one of the things I saw is like, 
one of the books, and I wish I would have wrote this down, but I didn't think it tied in at all. So I just, I just, I did one of these. Oh, that's kind that's of interesting. Cool. And then uh, next thing, but there was some ancient book in this area that said when this river runs dry is the next uh, cataclysm. And that showed like uh, what it would have looked like when this was written. And then today, well, and it's Beirut like river maybe and there's it's like Latani there's like river. barely anything left to it and i was like ah, that's interesting <laughs> oh shit we're almost End dead times, baby uh we're but course, if you're writing something in ancient times like you yeah if your river ran dry you would I mean, die yeah, yeah, i mean that would be a cataclysm but no it Nile is it is interesting that 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 the the location of Baalbek is it is situated in an area that traditionally would be considered a very uh, favorable place to place a city. Like it is a place that you would think that would be habited, like inhabited and written about because of it's like, it's, it's located near like a couple of bodies of water um, forests, like a natural, like natural resources and things were close in that area. So you would think there would be more writings and more recorded history about this location than there's any recorded history. Mm hmm. So it is it is a 100% super mystery. And when you look at like the pictures of like just like the landscape, it looks like a beautiful place. It is a beautiful dude, Lebanon's beautiful, man. It's the Paris of the Middle East is what they call it. And 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 yeah, as far as like that whole the rest of the area around like Syria and like Syria Syria is the closest place, right? Closest big country. Yeah, but Lebanon. it had like Syria used to be really nice too though, didn't it? It had like the fucking hanging gardens of Babylon and shit like that, like that's true. Like, yeah, I guess maybe like climate could have changed a I lot. Think, in I think I think pre like pre was it Seleucid dynasty? Like, I think it's pre like pre that time. Like that area probably would have been absolutely like a paradise. Absolutely, like, in that area because uh, before like kind of the warring kingdoms of that area. Um, I think because even when like when Alexander went in there, like he put his foot down and put everything back together because it was like before that there was like warring kingdoms kind of just tearing that that place apart. Mm. Uh, But yeah, it's 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 a place of uh, antiquity and it's just been there's so much history there and there's so much stuff that unfortunately because it's been inhabited for so long. I mean, this is almost, this is the crate. One of the places you could say is the cradle of civilization. Uh, when you have people living in a place for so long, like everything's just buried underneath everything else. Yeah. And you can't find anything. So that's why you get those things in Egypt where you're finding like, you're finding a uh, temple, like ancient temples with, uh, you know, dozens of mummies buried underneath them that nobody's ever found before. And they're found in somebody's <sighs> fucking basement. Dude, this is, <laughs> it's it, like, it, you've been living over a bunch of fucking mummies this whole time. This is really like, <laughs> you know, cause I, I, I keep thinking to Gobekli Tepe and the mysteries there of like, it's so high up. It's, you know, it's older than it predates, you know, anything we knew. It's basically the, the, cradle of um like agriculture when everyone should have been hunter and gatherers uh it, like to me that points to like you're saying andrew this was some place for people to go a refuge right <laughs> and like i like that uh, right and then maybe gobeki tepe is you know maybe older if not as old as uh balbeck but balbeck has just been uncovered more like recently or uh, was uncovered Back then, like you didn't find Gobeki Tepe, you know what I'm trying to say. Um, we get you, but like maybe these things because you know these areas, it seems like there was some like advanced 
civilization that shouldn't be in these areas that, you know, I really like that theory of that maybe these are some sort of bunkers, bunker, like bunkers. Yeah. Yeah. We had Darren Kuyu. We've had Quebec Tepe. We have Baalbek. We got all these places that seem out of, out of history, out of context. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so I think we can all agree that this was a pre-existing prior to the flood civilization, prior to the Younger Dry's Cataclysm civilization that was wiped out. The Romans came, they built on top, and we're all on complete board with that for the first time ever, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's just leave it at uh let's leave it at yes. uh, we're going we're going long so uh, double up uh, uh. hey it's a really it's a really cool really cool yeah. place that doesn't Seriously, get enough credit hashtag look it up look at some of the pictures i'd never heard about it till researching this um and which is a goddamn shame because it's unbelievable like it's a bucket list item now i wish it's, it's one of those yeah. it's one of those things that it is 100 percent a mystery yeah about yeah. where so those cool. stones came from and how they got there like there's it is a legitimate mystery where it's it's not some headline catching bullshit that the people throw up in there. It's like, no, it is actually legit. We have no written records about where those stones came from and how they got there. <laughs> Love it. Uh, all right. Theorite of the week. Yeah. Move to wrap it up here. Theorite of the week. Now, you know, we'll give it this time, but normally um, we don't like promoting uh, you to listen on Spotify for no, no big deal. But every now and then you get a guy like Trey Sykes who listened to 37,422 minutes of Alien Theorist theorizing last year, 236 episodes. Uh, he he must have had some on repeat. Uh, no, that's, that's listening through it. No, that's, that's all li- our episodes. Is 37,000 minutes 422 well, 236 episodes we have, I believe. Yes, but I'm, I'm thinking that he had to listen to a couple on repeat listen, to get that, that number. guy, that guy's heard my voice more than my own father. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fucking fact. Dude, That's honestly, crazy. like he's, he's I probably- barely, get, I could barely listen to these guys for an hour. No. So I mean. he, he's probably getting up there to listening to us more than anyone else in our lives. Literally. Like, like pretty close. How pretty many, close. How many minutes did also you say like, he listened some for? Some of my students maybe. 37,422 like <laughs> minutes. Wow. Yeah, he listened to all of them like twice. Say we got 240 episodes of like, what, 75 minutes each? That's only 18,000 minutes. Yeah. So machine. he's almost listened twice, twice over. Yeah. So Trey Sykes, um, a huge monumental uh power through and there were some other close ones i saw 32 i saw 29 i saw an 18 like there was there were some people who yeah you know, they, they did the spotify numbers. rap thing and you could see everybody listen to us and, and for me i like i see that stuff and i'm just like wow that's crazy yeah. <laughs> yeah. people listen to us for that that long um it, it's neat it's 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 cool i'm, hey, I'm glad everybody you. likes to, enjoy to listen to us i can't believe it we really appreciate all the support, all the listening Not hours. Not bad yeah. for four cyber bullies, eh, boys? Four cyber yeah. bullies. We'll get, we'll get to that story yeah. in after hours. We get, <laughs> we are out of time here. But there's one more thing we got to do before I read some uh, new Patreon supporters. And that was a very polite message from the ATI this time. I thought I would oblige them with something here. So I gotta, I'm going to play a little video it's here. It's been a while. It's been a while. The following announcement has been paid for by Alien Theorist Illuminati. A-T-I For life 
<laughs> guys, I'd like to send a shout out to Zell, Braden, Dan, and Andrew, all from the Alien Theorist Illuminati podcast. It's fucking Tim Scullion. Hey guys, I'm taking over your podcast. Just to send out a big thank you to you for supporting my work here in Colonial Williamsburg, photographing not only ghosts, but also I got some other interesting things that. Uh, Particularly what's, the alien theorists might like to look at. What's a loop? So what's I'm going to send out a shout to? to you guys for great holidays, and I got another video coming in just a second. And so I'd like to take over the podcast for just a oh. couple minutes to tell you guys thank you for your support, and just to show you guys that I'm not just about ghosts. I wanted you to look at the first off the wing of the jet that I was flying on. But then take a look over this way. What are we looking what at, Tim? What is that thing? Oh, I know. Is that the a orb UFO? There? The orbs? You alien theorists start theorizing. Are those orbs? I see Some people say that that is possibly right. a portal, too. Why? Ooh. If you look down below, there oh. seems to be a lot of orbs flying around. Some of them are kind of opaque and hard to see, but they are there. All so right, what Tim. say you? Portal? Or UFO. Now I'm going to show you a few more photos. Portal. Portal. And do they cross a line between ghost and alien? Are they yes, interdimensional Tim. beings? What are they? <laughs> what the fuck is that, Tim? What is that's that? Like a, is that a spine? Like a rib cage. Maybe a cryptid. This is some eyes. I don't oh like it. Oh my god. Hey, Tim. God damn. Blowing my mind, Tim. <laughs> oh, that's, oh, that's oh, an alien. Oh, that's an alien. Oh, that's, that's, Those are greys. Those are greys for sure. that cute Those face. are some alien eyes. What, what the hell is happening? What is going on? I what is like he showing us? Glowing right eyes like that. It's fucking disney. With that. What? This is irre- irrefragable evidence of irrefragable. UFO activity. Check out the guy from Hellraiser. Oh my oh, god. What the hell is Hellraiser. that? Fuck it. Then what the fuck? Look, ma, no nose. Look at my yeah. shiny head. I feel like we're watching Gabe's Halloween movie. Oh, that for office. alien eyes? Scary. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> Holy fuck, alien Tim. shaped heads. Has Tim taken all these? Ah, what the fuck, Tim? He's like, and that one's my butthole. There's a giant ghost <laughs> in the crowd of people. Gotcha. And over on the far left of this photo is that guy. Oh, fuck. What the fuck, Tim? Come on. An ET. That's an ET right there. We gotta meet this guy. Losing it. We gotta meet Tim Scullion. Is that a flying saucer above the house? Yes, Tim. Yes, absolutely. Sure, Tim. That. I believe it. And take a look at the family. Oh, dude, those are greys, boys. I think he's using his uh, his patented method. And where's that alien coming from? Some type of photographic (laughs) thing. Why has he got a picture of Braden? Almost forgot. Hey, Braden. I think you owe the Mem King another award. So thank you guys for all your support. That's him on your. And uh, that's maybe him one day on your, we can get Galaxy Sa- together Galaxy and talk tablet. on your podcast. <laughs> Until then, king. all the of y'all king. keep your eyes on the sky and have a great holiday. Who's the Mem Got King? It. The Meme that's King. Come funny. on, think about who, who could the Meme King be. That's a Burmese. Gotta be Burmese. It's gotta be the Meester. It's close. It's close. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get a little finicky on there. Uh, Burmeester. If that was uh, you and that, uh, the the deal was he had a bee in Colonial Williamsburg with him in it. Like, ah, that's uh, good. That's a, that's, yeah, a, yeah. that's pretty good. It was pretty I'm good. I'm going to get you on a technicality. Pretty that's good. pretty funny. Uh, I Tim, never thought I'd end up on Tim Scullion's uh, 
Samsung Galaxy tablet. We're fu- we're famous. <laughs> we're famous now. We got we got yeah. Tim Skellian's <laughs> Galaxy tablet. That's fucking awesome. ATI. I want to see some more of those photos. ATI coming through. I want yeah. Tim Scullion had some amazing photos on there. So it, the only thing you know when they say never meet your heroes because I really pictured him talking like Macho Man and I've seen videos of him where I, I knew he didn't. And he doesn't, uh, dog. Like no, no, he doesn't ever. at all. <laughs> but in my head, he does. But you watch videos I, of him where he does. You've seen him before. No, no, he does. Yeah. I redub it while I'm listening. <laughs> while you're watching it? In real time, yeah. in my head. Got it was it. awesome. All right, let's uh, wrap this Groovy. case file up. We'll get into some after hours after this. But if you're not supporting the show and you want to support your boys, your favorite podcast, you know, if you ha- if you don't know where to go by now, yeah, you're well, figure, figure it out. Hey, yeah, suck figure it, it out. You obviously haven't been listening yeah. to thirty-seven thousand minutes of yeah, this. Come on, yeah. you ain't no Trey Sykes. Ain't no. This week's newest supporters, we got Daisy and Contused. Nice. Halfway. Daisy infused? No, no. Daisy and contused. No. You got it. Halfway. Josh Gonzalez. Chase Lovelace. Mike Minviel goes up to a full year pledge. The Space Mayan. Corey. James Barnett. Spencer D. Trevor Stutko. Ben Gingerella. Kidney Thief. Hands off. Gerardo Perez. Richmond Robinson. And last but not least, Eric Gonzalez. Thank you very much for supporting the show. And as we always say at the end of these things, keep those eyes on the skies. Peace. Peace. See you in after hours.